بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا غفر الله لنا ولشيخنا وللمستمعين والمسلمين دخول الشيخ الشيخ الاسلام ابن تيميه رحمه الله تعالى في رسالته العقيده الواسطيه ويتبرؤون من طريقه الروافض الذين يبغضون الصحابه ويسبونهم وطريقه النواصب الذين يؤذون اهل البيت بقول او عمل ويمسكون عما شجر بين الصحابه ويقولون ان هذه الاثار المرويه في مساويهم منها ما هو كذب ومنها ما قد زيد فيه ونقص وغير عن وجهه والصحيح منه هم فيه معذورون اما مجتهدون مصيبون واما مجتهدون مخطئون وهم مع ذلك لا يعتقدون ان كل ان كل واحد من الصحابه مقصوم عن كبائر الاثم وصغائره بل يجيز عليهم الذنوب في الجمله بل يجيز عليهم الذنوب في الجمله ولهم من السوابق والفضائل ما يوجد مغفره ما يصدر منهم ان صدر حتى انهم يغفر حتى انهم يغفر لهم من السيئات ما لا يغفر لمن بعدهم لان لهم من الحسنات التي تمحو السيئات ما ليس لمن بعدهم وقد ثبت بقول رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم انهم خير القرون وان المد من احدهم اذا تصدق به كان افضل من جبل اهد ذهبا من من بعدهم ثم اذا كان قد صدر من احدهم ذنب فيكون قد تاب منه او اتى بحسنات تمهو تمهو او غفر له بفضل سابقته او شفاعته محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم الذي هم احق الناس بشفاعته او ابتلي ببلاء في الدنيا كفر به عنه فاذا كان هذا في الذنوب المحققه فكيف بالامور التي كانوا فيها مجتهدين ان اصابوا فلهم اجران وان اخطاوا فلهم اجر واحد والخطا مغفور ثم ان القدر الذي ينكر من فعل بعضهم قليل نزر مغفور في جنب فضائل القوم ومحاسنهم من من الايمان بالله ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم والجهاد في سبيله والهجره والنصره والعلم النافع والعمل الصالح ومن نظر في سيره القوم بعلم وبصيره ومن وما من الله عليهم به من الفضائل علم يقينا انهم خير الخلق خير الخلق بعد الانبياء لا يكاد ولا يكون مثلهم وانهم الصفوه الصفوه من القرون هذه الامه التي هي خير الامم واقرمها على الله بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم <تصفيق> الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير ونشهد ان محمدا عبد الله وخليله ورسوله ارسله رحمه للعالمين بلغ الرساله وعد الامانه ونصح للامه وجاهد في الله حق جهاده 
صلوات الله وسلامه عليه ورضوانه جل وعلا على صحابة محمد الذين آمنوا وآزروا هاجروا معه وإليه جاهدوا معه وبعد حملوا راية هذه الملة حتى بلغوا بها الآفاق فرضي الله عنهم وأرضاهم ونسأل الله جل وعلا أن يجعلنا من محبيهم الصادقين في ذلك الحريصين على الاقتداء بهم يقول الشيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية رحمة الله عليه عما عليه أهل السنة والمقصود بأهل السنة من كانوا متبعا للصحابة رضي الله عنهم متبعا لمن اتبعهم حريصا على الاعتماد على القرآن والسنة النبوية وما أجمع عليه الصحابة رضوان الله عليهم أجمعين يقول عن هؤلاء الذين هم أهل السنة يتبرؤون من طريقة الروافض الذين يبغضون الصحابة الرافضة هؤلاء هم أهل المذهب الاثني عشري التشيع هو الميل لنصرة آل البيت يشمل محبيهم ويشمل ما يكون أكثر تشدد في هذا الأمر في الزيدية وأما على المتنقصون للصحابة المكفرون لأفضلهم كأبي بكر وعمر وعثمان فهؤلاء هم الطائفة الاثني عشرية الرافضة هؤلاء لا يفتؤون يسبون الصحابة ويسمون أبا بكر الصديق وعمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنهما الجبت والطاوت إلى غير ذلك من الظلم والعدوان والفحش والبهتان وما يزعمون أنه إذا خرج إمامهم المنتظر يحيى له أبو بكر وعمر ويصلبهم حسب دعوى هؤلاء هذا المنهج الذي عليه هؤلاء الرافضة يتبرأ أهل السنة منه ويعوذون بالله جل وعلا من اعتقاده وشر من يعتقده الله لما ذكر قال في القرآن الكريم والذين جاءوا يعني من بعد الصحابة والذين جاءوا من بعدهم يقولون ربنا اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا هذه هي صفة أهل السنة يترضون عن الصحابة بالنسبة للصحابة تسميتهم رافضة سموا رافضة لأنهم قالوا لزيد بن علي بن الحسين الذي تدعي الزيدية أنهم على منهجه قالوا له ماذا تقول ابو ابي بكر وعمر؟ 
تتبرأوا منهما؟ قال لا تولاهما وأتبرأ ممن يتبرأ منهم فقالوا له إذا نحن نرفضك يعني لا نكون أنصار الله علي بن الحسين هذا جد الحسين وتعرفون ماذا يقولون يقول الشيعة في أيام عاشوراء التي ستأتي بعد فترة غير طويلة يا حسين يا حسين ينادون الحسين لبيك يا حسين لبيك يا حسين فلما قالوا نرفضك سموا رافضهم مذهبهم الذي كتبهم مليئة منه يرون أن عامة أهل السنة من أحناف ومالكية وشافعية وحنابلة ومن يسمون أيضا أهل الحديث يرون أن هؤلاء العامة يعني هم الخاصة ويقولون في ما لديهم إذا شاهدت في أمر فانظر ما عليه العامة وخالفهم يعني انظر ما عليه أهل السنة والجماعة وخالفهم حتى تكون على الهدى فيقول شيخ الإسلام أن أهل السنة يتبرؤون من طريقة الرافضة هناك رافضة هؤلاء هم الاثني عشرية هناك طائفة تدعي أنها توالي آل البيت وهؤلاء هم الباطنية الذين نشأت الدولة الباطنية في مصر على منهجها يزعمون الدين له ظاهر وباطن ويقول العلماء عن الباطنية هؤلاء ظاهرهم الرفض يتظاهرون بانهم رافضون وباطنهم الكفر المحض اهل السنه يتبرؤون من هؤلاء جميعا يتبرؤون من الذين ينظرون الصحابه مما يقوله واظن سبق ان وزعنا عليكم نسخه من كتاب المجموعه في عقيده الرعب في ما عليها الرافضه حسن الله ان الواحد يقرا هذا الكتاب الذي يحسن القراءه العربيه فهو يستفيد يجد اشياء كثيره فيه ما يسمون الصفويين هم من الرافضه الصفويون الصفويون هؤلاء هؤلاء كانوا في القرن التاسع الهجري وكان مذهب الشافعي منتشرا في خراسان بلاد فارس كله فقام الصفويون ودعوا الناس الى اعتناق المذهب الرافضي والذي لا يستجيب كان شاهي الشاه اسماعيل ظالم باطش جريء كان يامر الناس بان يلعنوا ابا بكر وعمر وعثمان وسائر الصحابه والذي يرفض يقتله ثم صار يدعو الناس للدخول في المذهب الاثني عشري والذي يرفض يقتله فقتل يقال من ايران من بلاد فارس اكثر من مليون نفر في عهد الشاه الخبيث هذا اللي هو الشاه اسماعيل يقول 
شيخ الاسلام وطريقه النواصب النواصب الذين يكرهون على البيت يعني بدون سبب يؤذون على البيت باقوال او بعمل اهل السنه لا يعملون بسنه محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ويتبرؤون من هذه الاعمال السيئه والاثني عشر كل من لا يتفق معهم يقول عنه انه ناصبي وفي حقيقه امرهم يرون انه كافر يرون ان النواصب كفار لكن لانهم يتدينون بالتقيه يعني باظهار ما لا يعتقدونه واعتقاد ما لا يظهرونه يعني طريقه المنافقين يتظاهرون بالاخوه الاسلاميه ثم هم يرون ان الائمه يشرعون لهم ولذلك ياتون بما لم يشرعه الله قال عن اهل السنه يمسكون عما شجر بين الصحابه اهل السنه لا يدخلون في الخلافات التي تكون بين اهل السنه الصحابه كالذي حصل بين علي ومعاويه رضي الله عنهما وما طرا بعد ذلك من سوء اهل السنه ويقول كما قال صاحب قصيده في العقيده يقول ونسكت عن حرب الصحابه فالذي جرى بينهم كان اجتهادا مجردا فيقول شيخ الاسلام ان هذه الاثار المنقوله يعني اذا اردت ان تنقل تنظر بالاثار المذكوره ارجع الى كتب العلم النقي ارجع مثلا الى كتاب مصنف بن ابي شيبه او مصنف عبد الرزاق او لكنهم اكبر من احمد او مصنف مسند الامام احمد بن حنبل وهذه طبقه يرجع الواحد الى كتب علماء الحديث حقيقه يقول هذه الاثار المرويه فيها ذم لبعضهم هذه اما انها كذب وهو الاغلب او ان الناقل لها ما كان بصيرا فاهما يدخل عليه ما ليس منها او يزيد او ينقص واذا وجد صحيح شيء صحيح فالصحابه معذورون إن بشاهد لهم شاهد قال خير الناس بعد الأنبياء يعني الرسل القرن الذين بعثوا فيهم من هم القرن؟ الناس الذي بعث النبي فيهم إلى أن مات وهم أحياء تبعوه هؤلاء أفضل الناس بعد الأنبياء والرسل يعني أفضل من أصحاب موسى ومن قبله لأن أصحاب محمد هم أفضل الناس قال خير الناس والحديث في الصحيح خير الناس القرن الذين بعثوا فيهم قال ثم الذين يلونهم وهؤلاء ثلاثة الصحابة قال ثم الذين يلونهم 
يقول حديث من حديث عمران بن الحصين رضي الله عنه وما عنه وعن ابيه ومن حديث عبد الله بن مسعود عمران بن الحصين يقول لا ادري هل عد بعد قرنه قرنين او ثلاثه النبي واما عبد الله بن مسعود فانما يذكر قرنين الصحابه والقرن الذي يليهم والقرن الذي يلي الذي قام ثم الى ثم ذكر عيوبا تحدث يقول معذور وانا مجتهدون مصيبون او مخطئون النبي يقول صلى الله عليه وسلم اذا اجتهد القاتل يعني يريد يطلب الحق وبذل وسعه وقدرته ان اصاب فله اجران وان اجتهد ولكن لم يصب فله اجر واحد اذا خلصت النيه واجتهد الواحد في تطلب الحق ان اصاب الحق صار له الاجر مرتين وان لم يصب صار له اجر على اجتهاده يقول ومع وهم مع ذلك لا يعتقدون ان كل واحد من الصحابه معصوم يقول اهل السنه ما يعتقدون ان كل واحد من الصحابه اذا خالف قولا فهو حق لا مجال فيه لا الصحابه اختلفوا عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه لما قال ابو موسى استاذن ثلاث مرات فلا اذن وهو انصرف فقال النبي لا نصر مع استئذان عبد الله بن قيس قالوا بلى استدعي قال اني استاذنت ثلاث فالنبي يقول اذا استاذن احدكم ثلاثا فلم يؤذن له فلينصرف كان عمر شاهدان على ما تقول عمر ما كذبه لكن اراد ان لا يتجرا احد فيدعي مثل هذا فشهد له ابو سعيد الخدري من الانصار ان النبي قال اذا استاذن احدكم ثلاثا فلم يؤذن فلينصرف قصدي هذا مثال يعني انه قد يكون النقل الصحيح او قد يكون ما فهم الناقل قال بل يجوز عليهم الذنوب يعني ليس معصوم العصمه للانبياء فقط يعني كل انسان ما يخطئ وان اخطا ما اقره الوحي جعل الوحي يخبره بانه لم يصب هؤلاء الانبياء اما الصحابه لكنهم لا يجتمعون على قضاء يقول هم مع ذلك لا يعتقدون ان كل واحد من الصحابه اهل السنه معصوم عن كبائر الاثم وصغائره فيجوز عليهم من الذنوب في الجمله لكن لهم من السوابق الصحبه الذي قال والحديث الصحيح لو انفق احدكم مثل احد مثل الجبل ذهب جبل احد اللي عند المدينه ما بلغ النفقه العظيمه للذهب مد مثلا طعام او نصف المد المد يعني شرف الصحبه والايمان بالله وبرسوله ميزهم على من جاء عن بعضهم يقول لهم من السوابق الفضائل ما يوجب المغفره مغفره ما يصدر منهم ان صدق حتى انه 
يغفر لهم من السيئات ما لا يغفر لمن بعدهم الصحبه لها حقها النبي قال هل انتم تاركوا لي اصحابي يعني لا يصح لاحد ان يقول في امر الصحابه يقول ولهم من السابق القضاء ما يجب مغفره ما يصدر منه ان صدق حتى انه يغفر لهم من السيئات ما لا يغفر لمن بعدهم لان لهم من الحسنات التي تمحو السيئات الله يقول ان الحسنات لا خلاص الحسنات اذا كثرت مسحت السيئات وربما انقلبت السيئه وصارت حسنه وقد ثبت بقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم انهم خير القرون حديث من حديث عمران بن الحسين رضي الله عنه عنه وعن ابيه وعبد الله بن مسعود والحديث في الصحيحين ثم انه ثم اذا كان قد صدر من احدهم ذنب فيكون قد تاب منه او تاب منه او اتى بحسنات تمحو لا شك ان الصحابه لهم إقبالا على الخير ما ليس لغيرهم يقول أو غفر له بفضل سابقته أو بشفاعة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم الذين هم أحق الناس بشفاعته أو يبتلي ببلاء في الدنيا كفر به عنه لأن الإنسان قد تصيبه مصيبة يظنها هو أنها ضرر لكنها في حقيقة الأمر خير فلا ترفع منزلته عند الله تكفر خطايا إلى غير ذلك يقول أنهم كانوا مجتهدين الذي ذكر صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول إذا اجتهد الحاكم إلى آخرة إن أصابوا لهم عجر عجر قال ثم إن الخضر الذي ينكر من فعل بعضهم قليل نزر مغفور مكاتب النسخ حصف المغمور هذا هو الصحيح صحيح انه مغمور يعني ان الحسنات الكثيره عطت عليه حتى ما صار له اثر ومع ذلك تصبح مغمور من في جنب فضائل القوم ومحاسنهم من الايمان بالله ورسوله والجهاد في سبيل الله الذي اخبر عن فضل الجهاد عظيم قدره ان في الجنه 100 درجه ما بين كل درجه واخرى ابعد مما بين السماء والارض هذه للمجاهدين في سبيل الله رجل لما ذكر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ان من شهد ان لا اله الا الله وعد الفرائض الخمس صلوات الخمس إلى آخر ولم دخل الجنة قال واحد عند النبي بخن بخن يعني هذا أمر جميل قال يا عجوز قال نعم قال إن في الجنة مئة درجة ما بين كل درجة وأخرى مثل ما بين السماء والأرض يعني هذه فوق هذه وفوق هذه أعدها الله للمجاهدين في سبيل الله الجهاد في سبيل الله خدره به ينتصر الاسلام وينتصر فالله المستعان. يقول الهجره الذي ذكر لا يستوي من انفق من قبل الهجره وقاتل كالذي ينفق من بعد ذلك الهجره لها قول عظيم 
اهل بيعه الرضوان 300 وزياده انزل الله لقد رضي الله عن الذين يبيعونك الشجره والذين يرضى الله عنهم ما يسقط وعثمان من الذين رضي الله عنهم والرافضه يتنقصون عثمان وكل من يموت له بصله يقول ومن نظر في سيره القول بعلم وبصيره وما من الله عليهم به من الفضائل الجهاد ونشر الدين وتعليم الناس ونصره محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم الى غير ذلك علم يقينا انهم خير الخلق بعد الانبياء شهد لهم اصدق الخلق بقول خير الناس القرن الذين ضعفت فيهم لا كان ولا يكون مثلهم وانهم الصفوه من قرون هذه الامه لا شك التي هي خير الامم واكرمها على الله هذا مجمل ايامنا هذه ايام مظلمه الفتن التي في الشام وفي العراق وتولي الرافضه في العراق الحكم هذه المده وقتل من قتل من اهل السنه في العراق وطرد من طرد وهجر من هجر كل هذه من الفتن وهؤلاء يطبقون الطريقه الصفويه سموا الصفويون سموا الصفويون لانهم اتباع الشاه اسماعيل الصفوي الذي صار اول دوله تكون للمذهب الجعفري الاثني عشري في الوجود دوله الصفويين في العراق في السابق علماء ايران عامتهم من اجل الشافعيه يمكن التي قرب السواحل العربيه خليج قد يكون فيهم ناس مالكيه او في الشمال يكون فيهم احناف لكن المذهب الرافضي ما انتشر قوه صار المفروض الا في عهد الصفويين وكان يقتل بدون رويه اسماعيل وظنوا انه لا يغلب لكن حصل له ان غلبته الدوله التركيه بعد القرن التاسع الهجري فالله المستعان هذه الفتره الان الرافضه يقاتلون مع بشر الاسد الرافضه في العراق لهم نفوذ بالغ المالكي هو رئيس الدوله ولما راح مالك جاء حط وضع رافضين ثاني هذا لا يكون مثله لكنه رافض ثوره الحوثيين اللي في اليمن هؤلاء على المذهب الاثني عشر كانوا يذهبون بعد ثوره الخميني صاروا يذهبون الى هنا فنسال الله ان يكفينا شرهم ويحد من نفوذهم وينصر الحق واهله بمنه جل وعلا وكرمه
The Shaykh Hafeezahullah Ta'ala began by praising Allah and bearing witness to His oneness. And we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil of our deeds. Allah is alone and He has no partners. And to Him is the dominion and to Him belongs the praise. And may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, the one who gave the message and fulfilled the trust and was sincere for the Ummah. And may Allah be pleased with the companions of the Prophet wasallam, those who believed in him and fought with him and fought after him and who carried the flag of Islam. And may Allah make us from amongst those who are sincere in our love of the companions and those who are diligent in following their way. Shaykh al-Islam ibn al-Taymiyyah mentioned in Al-Aqeelit al-Wasitiyyah that the people of the Sunnah, they are free from the way of the Rawafid, those who hate the companions of the Prophet wasallam, and they curse them. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. If you have questions, you can give them to the brother. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that the way of Ahlul Sunnah, what is meant by Ahlul Sunnah, they are the followers of the companions of the Prophet and that which the companions were upon. So the individuals who are diligent in following the way of the companions and using as their reference the Quran and the Sunnah and that which the companions agreed upon, these are the people of the Sunnah, Ahlul Sunnah. So Ahlul Sunnah, they are free from the way of the Rawafid. And the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala went on to explain the Rawafid, they are the followers of the, the 12 groups or the 12 Ithna Ashariyah. They call them the Twelvers or the likes. They are the Shia. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, this term Shia can be used to, uh, it is used to describe individuals that lean toward uh, or having favoritism for the companion or one having favoritism for the, the, the family of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, having more favoritism toward the, the family of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they are also described as being Shia. Then he mentioned uh, Zaydiyah, and they are the individuals, uh, the followers of uh, Zayd. Then he mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that the the group or the this this twelve you know the madhab of the twelvers these individuals they curse the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and specifically Abu Bakr and Umar and they call them as uh, false deities and they call them and verily they speak ill of them and they do so with evil and oppression and they even have the belief that when their leader or the Imam when he's going, or the, the Imam that they're waiting for him to uh, appear, when he comes, he's going to bring life, or life would be brought to Abu Bakr and Umar, and their Imam would uh, crucify them. He would place them, uh, he would kill them, assassinate them, and crucify them. So this is from their madhab and the way of Ahl Sunnah. We free ourselves from them, or Ahl Sunnah, they free themselves from 
these beliefs and they seek refuge in Allah Azawajal from the evil of this group. And Allah Azawajal mentioned the way of the Ahlul Sunnah. وَالَّذِينَ جَاءُوا مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ يَقُولُونَ رَبَّنَا فِلَّنَا وَلِإِخْوَانَّا الَّذِينَ صَدَقُونَ بِالْإِيمَانِ Shaykh mentioned the verse of the Qur'an that the people that come after the companions, they say, Oh Allah, forgive us and those who have preceded us in, in faith. So the way of the people of the Sunnah is that they seek forgiveness for the companions and they speak good of them, not the way of this, uh, the Hawafid who cursed the companions of the Prophet then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, the reason why they are called Rawafid or those who reject is because they were in the company of Zayd bin Ali bin Hussein. They were in the company of Zayd bin Ali bin Hussein, the great grandson of Ali bin Abi Talib. And they said, they approached uh, Zayd bin Ali bin Hussein, they approached him and they said to him, what do you think or what is your opinion of Abu Bakr and Umar? What is your opinion of Abu Bakr and Umar? Do you reject them? And he said, no, I do not reject them, but I accept them and I, uh, I hold them, you know, to be dear. So when he responded with this response, they said, we reject you. They said, we reject you. So because of that, they were called Ar-Rawafid or Ar-Rafidah. Because of their rejection uh, of the great-grandson, uh, of Ali bin Abi Talib and he mentioned that Zayd bin Ali bin Hussein, his grandfather was uh, Al Hussein, and we know that which took place, or we know that which these Rawafid they say about uh, Al Hussein during the days of Ashura, during the days of Ashura, which is going to come uh, soon. We will enter into the days of Ashura, which is in the month of Muharram. They call out to Al Hussein. They said, we're answering your call, Al Hussein. We answer your call, Al Hussein. So they do this, the Rawafid, they do this during the, uh, uh, the days of Ashura, which we are soon approaching. Then the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala went on to mention also from their beliefs is that they hold Ahlul Sunnah to be uh, the general people. Uh, Ahlul Sunnah from amongst the Hanafiyyah from amongst the Malikiyah, from amongst the Shafi'iyah, from amongst the, the Hanabila, they, they hold them to be the general people. And they, the Shia, they hold themselves to be the specific people. So for example, if an affair arises and they want to know what opinion they should hold or what action they should perform, they say, what do the, the general people say? And whatever it is mentioned, yani the general people of Sunnah, whatever is mentioned that the people of the Sunnah follow, they say do the opposite. They automatically do the opposite because they do not follow the way of Ahlul Sunnah. So the, the people of the Sunnah, they free themselves from the path of the Rawafid, the Shia, Al-Ithna, Al-Ashariya, they free themselves from their way. And likewise, the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, there is also a group called Al-Batiniya. Uh, that which is hidden. And uh, these Batiniya, they were brought about by the Dawla al-Fatimiyah, the Fatimiyah, the Fatimiyah uh, ruling in the area of Egypt. And they say the religion has that which is hidden and that which is apparent. They, have the, they say that the religion is broken into that which is apparent and that which is apparent. And the scholars, 
they describe these individuals, they say that that which is, uh, that which is apparent from these individuals is that they reject. And that which is hidden from these individuals is that they are pure disbelievers. So the scholars of the Sunnah, they say these individuals claim that which is apparent is that they oppose. But that which is hidden is that they are pure disbelievers. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that uh, last year or some time ago we distributed a book about this group Al-Ithna Al-Ashariya and in the lesson he distributed the book and it was in Arabic and he said you should read that book because in that book you will come across many uh, beneficial uh, or much beneficial knowledge. And then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala uh, Al-Safawiyun he mentioned another group that are similar to uh, the Shia and he mentioned that they came in the ninth, the ninth century. Uh, and he mentioned in the era of Khorasan, uh, the, the methodology that was mostly spread in the era of Khorasan was the Shafi'i methodology. But then these individuals who are also Shia, uh, as Safawiyun, these individuals came and they began to call the people to their, their methodology. And they began to order the people to curse Abu Bakr and Umar. In the area of Khorasan, they began to order the people to curse Abu Bakr and Umar. And if the individuals rejected it, they would kill them. And this individual who was responsible for them was Shah Ismail. He was the leader of this group. And so much so that during his rulership, Shah Ismail, during his rulership, over 10, over uh, 1 million people from that area of Khorasan, they were slaughtered. They were slaughtered and killed because they would not follow the way of the Rafira. <coughs> and then Shaykh Islam Ibn Taymiyyah mentioned, went on to say, And the way of Ahlul Sunnah is that they free themselves of the way of the Nawasib, those who, uh, those who curse or those who seek to harm the family of the Prophet ﷺ by statements and actions. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that Ahlul Sunnah are free from the way of the Nawasib, those who curse the family of the Prophet ﷺ. And actually, he mentioned that the Rawafid, they consider anyone who, uh, they consider anyone, the Shia, the Shia, they consider anyone who loved the companions as Nawasib. The Shia, they consider anyone who loved the companions of the Prophet ﷺ as Nawasib. But the true methodology of the Nawasib is that they, uh, they curse the family of the Prophet ﷺ with their statements and with their actions. And likewise, he mentioned that they also, uh, they also implement something called At-Taqiyyah. And At-Taqiyah is that they show a belief, but they hide the opposite of that belief. That they show that they have a particular belief, but they conceal the opposite of that belief. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, this is actually the way of the Munafiqun. This is actually the way of the hypocrites. The hypocrites, they show that they believe, but they conceal their, their disbelief. And uh, because of that, or the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, another uh, characteristic of the, the Shia is that their Imams, their scholars, they have the ability, they believe, 
that they have the ability to bring about a different legislation. They have the ability to bring about a different legislation. And because of that, they legislate that which is in opposition to the legislation of Allah Azza wa Jalla. Then Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned Rahimahullah ta'ala وَيُمْسِكُونَ عَمَّا شَجَرَ بَيْنَ الصَّحَابِ That the way of Ahlul Sunnah is that they are silent about that which took place amongst uh, that which took place of uh, discord amongst the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Shaykh mentioned, for example, that which took place uh, of disagreements between Ali ibn Abi Talib and, and Muawiyah ibn Abi Sufyan. They, a disagreement took a place between them major disagreement take, took place between them. So the way of Ahlul Sunnah is that we are silent about the disagreements which took, which took place amongst the companions of the Prophet and we know that they, he mentioned, and we know that they did not intend to dispute with one another. And he mentioned lines of poetry uh, that an individual mentioned about being silent uh, and not indulging in the disagreements that took place amongst the companions of the Prophet then Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned rahimahullah ta'ala that the narrations that are reported about uh, the disagreement and the disputes that took place amongst the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam most of, or many of these narrations are either uh, untrue, they are, they are lies and they are fabricated or they are added, things are added to, to them or things are removed from them and they are distorted. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, if you want to know, uh, if you want to know the history of the companions, you should refer to authentic books. You should refer to, for example, the Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shayba. You should refer to the Sunnaf of Abdul Razak, Sanhani. You should refer to the Musnad of Imam Ahmad. You should refer to this generation of scholars of Hadith. These were scholars that were, their books are authentic and the likes of that. You should not refer to books that are not proven to be Authentic. Then the Shaykh said that most of the uh, the narrations that are reported about the disputes that took place amongst the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, most of it is, is lies and it is fabricated. Or some of it, it is narrated by individuals that did not want to lie, but they did not have understanding. So they added to it or they added or they took away from the narration. So the narrations are not correct. And then the Shaykh mentioned, or Shaykh al-Islam ibn Atiyah mentioned, and that which is authentic, that which is authentic, uh, it is very uh, minute, and if it is, Afwan, he said that which is authentic is very minute, and they are excused. The companions of the Prophet wasallam, they are excused, uh, because they were mujtahidun, they were individuals that were seeking the truth. And he mentioned the narration from the Prophet ﷺ that if, a, if an individual seeks the truth, if an individual, a scholar or a judge, if he seeks the truth and he makes a mistake, then he gets one reward. One reward for trying to seek the truth, trying to be diligent in seeking the truth. And if he makes a mistake, then one. If he is, makes a mistake, he gets one reward. His reward for being diligent in seeking the truth. And if he's correct, then he gets two rewards. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, the reason why these individuals are, we should be silent about that which took place of the, their disputes and disagreements is because the Prophet ﷺ described them as being the best of the people. The Prophet ﷺ said, the best of the people are my generation or the generation that I was sent uh, during their time. So these are the best of the people. The best of the people after the Prophets and the Messengers are the companions of the Prophet 
sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Even the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala that the companions and the followers of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, they are better than the followers of Musa and the prophets who came before them. This was mentioned by the Prophet وسلم, because he said what? He said the best of the people. So this shows you that the companions of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, are even better than the companions and the followers of Musa And this is mentioned in the hadith of uh, uh, Amram bin Hussein. This is mentioned of the hadith of, uh, of uh, Amram bin Hussein. And likewise, it's mentioned in the hadith of Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhumah. In the hadith of Amram bin Hussein, he narrated that the Prophet said, the best generation is the generation that, I, or the best of the people is the generation that I was mentioned in, and then those who came after me, and those who came after me. Then Amram bin Hussein said, I'm not sure, did he mention two or three generations? But in the hadith of Ibn Mas'ud, he said two generations. So the companions, and those who came after the companions, they are the best of the people. So, this informs you that these individuals, the companions of the Prophet they are the best of the people. Then, uh, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned that Ahlul Sunnah do not believe that any specific companion is free from fault, is free from major mistakes and minor mistakes. But it is possible that they have sins. In general, it is possible that they have sins. But because of their, uh, uh, because of them being in the forefront and merits and then coming to Islam, then they are forgiven from that which uh, appeared from them of, of mistakes. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, Naam, this is the way of Ahlul Sunnah. We do not believe that any particular companion of the Prophet is totally free from faults. We do not believe in this. Uh, for example, you had the hadith of Abu Musa al-Ashari, uh, or the event that took place between Abu Musa al-Ashari and uh, Umar ibn Khattab. That Abu Musa al-Ashari, he approached the, the house of Umar ibn Khattab, and then uh, he knocked twice, or he sought uh, one. He sought permission to enter three times, and when Umar ibn Khattab did not come to the door, he left. So later on, Umar ibn Khattab asked him, why did you leave? He said, because I sought permission to enter three times, you did not come. So I left, and this, uh, I heard the Prophet say this. So Umar ibn Khattab said, I want a witness. I want two witnesses to confirm that you heard, it from, you heard the statement of the Prophet So later on, uh, Abu Sa'id, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, he informed Umar ibn Khattab, yes, I heard the Prophet say the same narration. So this shows you that it's possible that an individual would make a mistake. Umar ibn Khattab, he did not feel that Abu Musa al-Ashri was lying, but he wanted clarification and he wanted uh, confirmation that this was actually said by the Prophet So this shows you that yes, it is possible that a companion can, uh, can make, make a mistake similar to that which was mentioned in this hadith. But what's uh, understood is that uh, we do not, Ahlul Sunnah, they do not feel that any specific companion is free from fault. Because verily, the Shaykh mentioned, Habib Allah Ta'ala, verily this is only for the Prophets and the Messengers. And the Shaykh mentioned that the Prophets and the Messengers are free from fault. And if one of them was to make a mistake, then immediately Allah would send the revelation to correct it. They would not make a mistake. But if one of them were to happen to make a mistake, Allah Azza wa Jal would immediately send the revelation to correct the mistake. 
So this is mentioned. Likewise, the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, they can fall into an error. They can fall into an error. But because of them coming into Islam and assisting Islam and fighting for Islam and the spread of Islam and the likes, they would be forgiven for their faults. And then the Shaykh said an important point, Habib Allah Ta'ala, but the companions would never have a consensus that is a mistake. The companions would never have a complete consensus that is a mistake. Now, and then the Prophet, and then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, so because of the companions coming to Islam, and because of them assisting the Prophet and spreading Islam, no one would be forgiven like the companions of the Prophet And he mentioned this is in the hadith. The hadith where the Prophet said uh, that if one of you were to spend the size of one, uh, if one of you were to, send, to spend, if one of you were to give charity the size of the mountain of Uhud, if one of you were to give charity the size of the mountain in Uhud, it could not compare to that which the companions gave a handful of charity. So this shows you the, 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 the tremendous merits of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. And then likewise the Prophet ﷺ said, Would you not leave my companions? Mean, meaning, do not speak ill about the companions and the likes. So no one uh, has the rights like the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. Likewise, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned about their hasanat, about their good deeds. And the Shaykh mentioned, Habib Allah Ta'ala Naam, it is possible that an individual has bad deeds. It is possible that an individual has mistakes. But they do so much good deeds that it wipes away their bad deeds. So indeed, this would be the case for the companions of the Prophet And likewise, indeed, if they had mistakes, they would have sought forgiveness from Allah Azawajal for their mistakes. Naam, so this is that which uh, the Shaykh Habib Allah mentioned about the companions of the Prophet. Likewise, Shaykh Al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah mentioned about the Shifa'a, the intercession of the Prophet If there's going to be intercession for anyone, the individuals that would be more uh, deserving of the intercession of the Prophet would be the companions, his companions. Likewise, an individual being tested, and if the companions, they were tested, and their trials and their tribulations is one of the reasons why they will be forgiven. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. For example, it is possible that an individual is afflicted with a calamity. And that individual feels that this calamity is something bad. But in fact, the calamity is something good. The calamity would lead or would be a reason for Allah raising the level and the status of the individual in the hereafter. And likewise, the calamity can be a means of expiation of the sins of the individual. So if that is the case of a normal, a normal person, then what is the case of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ? Likewise, them fighting jihad in the way of, uh, fighting jihad in the way of Allah. Fighting jihad alongside the Prophet ﷺ, this is something that would also get their sins forgiven. As it was mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ, verily in paradise there is 100 levels. Verily, there is a special place in paradise 100 levels. Between each level is like the distance between the heavens and the earth. This place in paradise is specifically for those who fight in the way of Allah. So this was mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ, the tremendous uh, place in paradise for those who fight in the way of Allah. And indeed, the first people to fight in the way of Allah were the companions of the Prophet ﷺ.
So they were the individuals who assisted Islam. They were individuals who spread Islam. They were individuals who fought in the way, uh, fought in the, for, in the path of Allah Azza So verily, this shows you their merits. Likewise, their migration. Likewise, their migration, as Allah Subhanahu wa Taala mentioned in the Quran, uh, about the the merits of the people who migrate. So the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, they were the first individuals to migrate in Islam. So verily, they have the 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 the, the reward for for their migration. Likewise, they the Ridwan, the the taking the oath during Ridwan, and it was three hundred or more individuals that took an oath with the Prophet ﷺ at this particular time, and Allah was pleased with them. So if Allah is pleased with him, with these individuals, he would never be upset with these individuals. And from those individuals that took the bay'ah of Ridwan was Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He was amongst the individuals that took the bay'ah of Ridwan, Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And just as a, as a side note, the Sheikh mentioned, and verily one of the individuals that the, the Shia speak most ill of is Uthman. So we find that Uthman was an individual that took the bay'ah of Ridwan and Allah is pleased with those individuals and even with that being the case, the Rawafid, they speak very ill about Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So the affair of the companions is something which was informed by way of our beloved messenger sallallahu who is the most truthful from the creation. So they are the best of the people. Now, and verily they are the individuals who are the example and a model for us all. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, that was the explanation of the chapter. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, in closing, these days that we're living presently are very gloomy days. They are very gloomy days because of the trials and tribulations which are taking place in Sham, in Syria, and uh, in Iraq. And verily, the Rawafid, uh, they are individuals that are ruling in these particular areas, and they are killing the people uh, of the Sunnah in these particular areas, and they are uh, running them from their lands. And these individuals, the Sheikh mentioned that these individuals that are the Rawafid, that are present in Iraq and Sham, these individuals are the followers of As-Safawiyah. They are the followers uh, of As-Safawiyah, the group that he mentioned in the beginning of the lesson. And they are the followers of Shah Ismail. And uh, the Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, that previously the rulers of Sham, they were followers of the Shafi'i Madhab, but verily now the, the individuals that are ruling in that area are the Rawafid, and uh, the Rawafid, uh, yani this Madhab or this methodology of Ar-Rafidah has not spread in any particular time the way it spread during the time of or the rulership of As-Safawiyah, who were the followers of Shah Ismail. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that this individual Shah Ismail, he used to kill without worrying and without having any remorse. He used to kill individuals without having any remorse. And he was also an individual that felt that he could never be conquered. He felt that he could never be conquered. And then later on, they were conquered by the Turkish uh, Empire. They were conquered by the Turkish Empire. So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that the Rafidah, Presently, the Rafida, they are supporters of Bashar al-Assad. Bashar al-Assad. They are supporting him and they are fighting alongside him. And uh, the Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, that is in Syria. But in Iraq, you had the leader or the, the president or the, no, the president al-Maliki. 
and then he was removed. But another Shia came in place of Al-Maliki and he is not exactly like him, but he is also Shia. And then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah and likewise you have them fighting in Yemen, uh, the Houthiyun, the, the Houthiyun after Al-Khomeini uh, was removed, the Houthiyun, they also traveled to, to, to the, the area of Khomeini, which is in Iran, and they uh, benefited or they uh, took upon the same methodology, and they're also fighting the Muslims, uh, the people of Ahlul Sunnah in their land. So we ask Allah Azawajal to give the Muslims ease, and we ask Allah Azawajal to assist the people of the Sunnah. That's the Sheikh's explanation of tonight's lesson. سأل ما هي شروط التوبة شروط التوبة من الكبائر شروط التوبة أن يترك الإنسان المعصي يرتكب لا يعود له أن يندم لأنه فعله أن يعزم ألا يعود مرة أخرى لابد من شروط ثلاثة بالنسبة للذنوب التي بين العبد وبين الله جل وعلا يترك الذنب المعصية يتأسف كيف ارتكبها يعزم ألا يرتكبها فإن كانت متعلقة بآدمي يعطيه حقه جراحه يمكن خاصه من القصاص ينهي مال يدعو المال له يعني هالثلاثه ويعطي صاحب الحق حقه اذا كان في انسان Individuals asking about the conditions for seeking forgiveness from major sins the Sheikh mentioned Abu Allah Ta'ala for one the first condition is that you have to abandon the sin the second condition is that you have to regret falling into the sin the third condition is that the individual makes the firm intention never to return to the sin. It is mandatory that if an individual has fallen into a sin, which is between them and Allah, it is mandatory that the individual uh, fulfills these three conditions. He abandons the sin, he regrets falling into the sin, he makes the firm intention never to return to the sin. And then there's a fourth condition if it relates to the rights of another individual and that is that the individual returns that rights to the individual. For example, if, if it was wealth, they give the wealth back. If it is a sort of punishment, uh, they allow that individual to seek their, uh, their rights from them. This is the fourth condition. <laughs> يقول السؤال معلوم أن تعريف أن تعريف الصحابي هو الذي لقي النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وآمن به ومات على الإسلام فماذا يسمي الذي لقي النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ومات على الإسلام ولكن لم يؤمن إلا بعد موت الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم الذي لم يسلم إلا بعد ما مات النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يسمى صحابيا 
وإنما هو مسلم وإذا لقي الصحابة يقول تابعي وإنما الصحبة لمن شاهد النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مؤمنا ومات على ذلك. Individuals asking what is known is that the definition of a companion is an individual who met the Prophet and believed in him at that time and died upon Islam. An individual who met the Prophet believed in him and died upon Islam. So what do uh, so an individual who met the Prophet but did not believe in him at that time until after the death of the Prophet. What is this individual called? The Shaykh res respond by saying, the individual who did not enter into Islam during the lifetime of the Prophet even if he met the Prophet, but he did not enter into Islam during the lifetime of the Prophet, this individual is not called a companion. And the individual who met the Prophet but did not believe in him during his lifetime until after the Prophet died and then believed in him. This individual is not called a companion. He's not called a Sahabi. He's called a Muslim. And if he met a companion, then he's called a Tabi'i. So uh, companionship is only established when an individual met the Prophet and believed in him during his lifetime and then died upon Islam. يقول السائل هل يدافع عن من يقول أو يزعم أن عثمان رضي الله تعالى عنه أحدث في في الدين واستمد بعد النسيها وهل يحجر من يدافع عن من زعم أن عثمان أحدث خصوصا إذا هو متعصب الذي يتنقص عثمان رضي الله عنه يعتبر ظالما من الظالمين فعثمان أحد الخلفاء الراشد أحد الخلفاء الراشدين الذين قال النبي عنهم صلوات الله وسلامه عليه عليكم بسنتي وسنة الخلفاء المهديين من بعدي عضوا عليها بالنواجد النبي قال تكون يقال خلافة بعدي ثلاثون عاما هذه الثلاثون انتهت بعلي رضي الله عنه والمده التي مكثها الحسن قبل التنازل لمعاويه هذه هي الخلافه والنبي شاهد لعثمان بالجنه فالذي يعرف ان النبي شهد له بالجنه ثم يريد ان يتنقصه هو يتنقص النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. Individuals asking uh, do you defend or should an individual defend another person who says that Uthman has invented in the religion and is persistent even after being advised in the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala the individual who speaks ill uh, of Uthman, this individual is a deviant from amongst the deviants. And for verily Uthman, عنه, he is from the rightly guided Khulafa, in which the Prophet وسلم, said, Upon you is my sunnah and the sunnah of my rightly guided Khulafa. Hold on to it with your molar teeth. 
And likewise, the Prophet said, the Khulafa or the rulership after me is 30 years. And this ended after Ali ibn Abi Talib, along with the time of uh, Al Hassan, when Hassan uh, uh, gave the rulership to Muawiyah. After that, then this period of rulership ended. So, and likewise, the Prophet informed that Uthman is from the people of Jinnah. So, the individual who, the Shaykh mentioned Hadith so if an individual speaks ill of Uthman after knowing that the Prophet praised Uthman and spoke and informed that he will enter Jinnah, then verily this individual has spoken ill of the Prophet. يقول السؤال هناك نوع من من القهوة مصنوع من حبات البني قد غسلت من فضلات القرط فهل يجوز لنا أن نشرب من مثل هذه الأنواع من القهوة؟ هذا القهوة مصنوع من حبات البني غسلت من فضلات القرط أو شيء هذا شيء لا نعرف عنه شيء ولا أعتقد صح لأن القهوة إذا كان مقصود بالقهوة التي يتداول شجرتها أول ما انتشرت شجرتها في اليمن ما ذهبت إلى هنا وهناك وأصل استحداثها اقتدي بدابة تأكل من الشجر شجرة البن هذا ويكون لها نشاط إلى آخره أمور لا حاجة إليها لكن هذا هذا المذكور في السؤال لا أعرف من أين استقى هذه الدعوة التي يذكرها نعم made with coffee beans that have been uh, cleaned with the excrement of, uh, of monkeys or something like that. Is it permissible for us to drink such coffee? And the Sheikh mentioned Abi I don't know this affair and I believe that this may not be true. The, the origin of, uh, of, of coffee by way of the coffee beans, this came from Yemen and I don't know that coffee is manufactured in other places. And the origin is that they noticed that uh, there was animals that were biting or there were animals that were eating from uh, the tree and when they were eating the leaves they noticed that they were active. So that's how they realized that you know this can be used for, for coffee. So the Sheikh said, I don't know which this claim came from and um, no. Nah. So he mentioned, I don't know where this claim came from. <laughs> 
مأخوذة من استعمال الخمر في الجاهلية فكان يسموه يسمي العرب تناول السكر قهوة وشاعرهم ما زادهم قضب الريحان متكئا وقهوة مزة رهوقها خضرها فالأعشى أعشى ليس من سكان جنوب مدينة الرياض الجاهلية فسميت القهوة قهوة لأنها تشير إلى تبادل الكؤوس كؤوس الشاربين فمجرد هذه التسمية لا تجعلها محرمة فقط وهي أيضا بدأت القهوة وجدت تقريبا في حدود القرن الثامن الهجري قبل قبل ذلك ما كانت تعرف هذه القهوة الشيخ mentioned a side note uh, about, the, about coffee. He mentioned that the name coffee was taken from the time of Jahiliya, it was taken from uh, uh, khamar, uh, alcohol in Jahiliya. Uh, the Arab, they would describe you know, the, the, uh, the taking in of, of, of sugar, they would describe it as qahwa. And he mentioned lines of poetry that uh, a poet uh, in the days of Jahiliya he mentioned something about good kahwa, meaning the, the alcohol. And this individual lived in uh, the area around Riyadh. So the Sheikh mentioned the, the origin of it being, being taken from alcohol that was drunk in Jahiliya does not make drinking coffee haram. And in fact, the Sheikh mentioned from the history of coffee is that it was found, first found and introduced in the eighth year uh, of Hijrah. During the eighth year of Hijrah, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't present before that. So this was just a side benefit. حقيقة بشهادة الرجال الثقات الذين ينقلون الخبر لكن ما يذكر عنهم في جرأتهم على القتل ولأدنى أي سبب هذا لا يتفق مع الإسلام الأسير إذا أسر في الإسلام لا يقتل إما أن يفتدع ويدفع فلوس ويخرج أو يسترق ويكون مملوك ومن صحة الأخبار أنهم جريئون بالقتل هذا من جانب من جانب آخر الواحد يشك في أيضا في مصدر هذه الفئة والطائفة ولهذا ما يستطيع الواحد يجزم بيقين عنهم لكن مجرد خروجهم هم ذهبوا يأسسون دولة في العراق والشام يريدون أن يلغوا حكم الرافضة مثلا أو حكم النصيرية وإنما يزعمون أنهم خلافة 
ومن الخائن بهذه الخلافة ومن الذي رشحه وشهد له من أهل العلم يعني خاصة أن الأخبار عنها ما هي أخبار دقيقة وفي الجملة جرأتهم على الدماء تدل على سوء أعمالهم Individuals asking about uh, ISIS and what is the opinion of Ahl al-Sunnah uh, with regards to ISIS. And the Sheikh mentioned Habib al in reality, that which is called ISIS, I do not know uh, the accurate truth about this particular group. Meaning, I do not know, that I haven't been informed by individuals who are reliable uh, about this particular group. But that which has been mentioned about their manner of killing uh, is something which is not from Islam, Sheikh mentioned because in Islam, when we have a, for example, a prisoner of war or a captive, uh, one of two things take place. Either this individual is used for a ransom, or this individual is kept as a slave. But what is done by them is, is not from Islam. He said, so as for the, the news is, which is being mentioned about these individuals, this creates uh, a doubt. This creates a doubt about the authenticity of, uh, of the news. And so an individual does not have the ability to speak in detail about them. Then he mentioned Habib Allah but the fact that they've come out and uh, they did not go to uh, Syria and Iraq to remove the, the Nusayriya, to remove the the, the rulers there and the likes of that, they simply uh, appeared in these countries and they they claimed to have rulership. And who from amongst and who from amongst the, the the reliable people has given them this authority? Who from amongst the people of knowledge has declared them to be uh, to be correct? So, uh, but in general, uh, that which they do and their actions of killing and the likes of that that shows uh, the evil of, of this group. يقول السائل هل هناك أعمال أو أقوال في الدين تخرج تخرج الشخص من الدين بدون النظر إلى قصد القائل أو أو العامل وبدون سؤال عن لماذا قال أو لماذا فعل ذلك كلمة الكفر إذا قالها الإنسان وليقولها يكفر يكفر مجرد ما يثبت أنه قالها لا يقال له ماذا تقصد بهذه الكلمة ومع ذلك لا يبادر الشخص يكفر حتى تقوم عليه الحجة يثبت قيامه بأعمال تخرجه من الملة The individuals asking are, are there statements uh, are there statements are there actions in the religion that if a person says these statements or actions, the individual leaves uh, the religion. And the Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, the, the statement of kufr, if a person says a statement of disbelief, uh, the mere statement of disbelief takes the person out of, out of Islam. And it is not said to the individual, why did you say a statement uh, of disbelief or what you, is your intention behind the statement of disbelief? لكن الجزء الثاني ما أدري أنا لم أسمع الجزء الثاني من الجواب. يمكن تعيد الجواب. كيف؟ يمكن تعيد الجواب. 
فيما يتعلق بالتكفير إذا سب الله جل وعلا أو أنكر رسالة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أو طعن بالقرآن نفسه هذا يكفر قال كافر لكن لو تاب توبة صادقة الله يقول وإني لغفار لمن تاب والإنسان ينبغي أن يحرص على حفظ لسانه لا يقول أنا ما قصدت أو قصدت لأن المعاني تعرف بدلالة الألفاظ عليها Uh, the Sheikh mentioned, I sought clarity because I, I didn't, wasn't able to write down the rest of his answer. The Sheikh mentioned, Habibullah Ta'ala, with regards to tikfir, with regards to a person leaving the fold of Islam. If an individual uh, speaks ill about Allah Azawajal, or if an individual uh, denies the, that Muhammad Sallallahu is a prophet, or if an individual uh, belittles uh, the Quran, this individual has disbelieved. But if the individual uh, no, the individual has disbelieved and it shouldn't be said or the individual should not say oh I didn't intend or that wasn't my intention that's, that's not the case the individual has disbelieved but if the individual makes a sincere repentance then Allah Azawajal forgives the individuals as Allah mentioned in Quran and verily I am the all forgiving for the individual who repents so the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala so a person should be very diligent in protecting his son uh, protecting his uh, tongue. A person should be very diligent in protecting his or her tongue. The individual should not say, I didn't intend. For verily, your intention is known by that which has come off of your tongue. Your intention is known by that which came off of your tongue. يقول السائل هل يجوز لي أن أسكن أن أسكن مع تكفيري وسبب وسبب ذلك أنه يعمل معي في نفس الشركة الإنسان ينبغي أن يحرص أن لا يسكن مع كافر وكلمة تكفيري ما إذا كان يقصد تكفيري هؤلاء الذين يكفرون الناس تأكد أولا هل هم يكفرون أحدا وهو ليس بكافر يحتاج إلى أن يستكشف المرء ينظر حقائق ما رأيته لكن ينبغي الإنسان أن يحرص أن لا يساكن إلا مؤمنا ما أمكنه ذلك uh, because the individual works with me in the same company, and the Sheikh mentioned Abi Ta'ala that first he mentioned something, then he mentioned something else. He said, um, It's befitting for an individual to be diligent in making sure that he only lives with a believer. Then the Sheikh mentioned Abi Ta'ala and he believed with a believer because from the word takfiri, it may be understood to be talking about a disbeliever. Then he mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala the second aspect and that is 
if you're referring to a takfiri, meaning people who uh, blatantly always call others uh, disbelievers and take others out of the fold of Islam without proofs and the likes of that, the Shaykh said, first you should make sure that this is that they are doing so unjustly. You should make sure that they are doing so unjustly. Uh, then the Shaykh mentioned Abi Bala Ta'ala, so a person should be diligent to make in making sure that he only lives with uh, a believers. يقول السائل حل حل الروافد الكفار ويقول حل العشائر من أهل السنة والجماعة الأول شط حل الروافد الكفار ثم حل العشائر من أهل السنة والجماعة العشائر هم من عوم على السنة ويخالفون أهل التحقيق فيما يتعلق بالأسماء والصفات لكن الرافضة الذين يعتقدون ما عليها الرافضة لا يكونوا مسلمين لأن الشرك الأكبر دعاء غير الله مذهبهم مذهب الرافضة يدعون غير الله لذلك يصرحون يا فاطمة يا حسين إلى غير ذلك فينبغي المسلم أن يحرص على الاقتداء بما كان عليه الأئمة الأربعة أبو حنيفة, أبو حنيفة مالك الشافعي أحمد هؤلاء هم أئمة على السنة والجماعة كون خرج من أثباعهم أبو الحسن الأشعري الذي تأثر ب الجهمية والمعتزلة ثم انتشر انتشرت آراءه ورجع عنها قبل موته رحمه الله عليه فيحرص الإنسان على أن يعرف معتقد أهل السنة والجماعة من أمثال عقيدة الطحاوي وهو من الأحناف وما بين يدينا العقيدة الواسطية والحموية هذه هي التي تدل على عقائد أهل السنة والجماعة. Individuals asking uh, are the Hawafid are they disbelievers and are the Ashairah uh, are they considered from Ahl Sunnah? The Shaykh Muqtamah Fi Balatala in general the Ashairah uh, they are generally considered from Ahl Sunnah but they uh, they oppose the people of the Sunnah when it comes to Asma wa Sifat. When it comes to the meaning of the asma and the sifat, as for uh, the rawafid, they they are not believers. They are not Muslims because they have fallen into major shirk. They call on other than Allah. They say O Fatima. They say O Hussein, and other than that, from their actions, uh, the Sheikh mentioned Abi Walatar. It's befitting for the Muslims to uh, take as examples the four great imams of Islam: Imam Abu Hanifa. Uh, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi, Imam uh, Ahmed, uh, may Allah be pleased with all of them. You also have the fact that some of their, their followers, uh, such as Abu Hassan al-Ashri, uh, Abu Hassan al-Ashri, uh, in the beginning, he was affected by the Jahmiya madhab, as well as the Mu'tazila uh, madhab, but then before his death, he returned to the madhab of Ahlul Sunnah. Then the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, it's befitting that the Muslim is diligent in knowing the aqeed of Ahlul Sunnah 
so they should, for example, read the Aqidah of Imam al-Tahawi, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, who was a Hanafi follower, but his Aqidah was correct, and likewise the Aqidah, uh, this Aqidah al-Wasitiyah, and likewise Al-Aqidah al-Hamawiyah. Uh, these are, by reading these books, you will know the Aqidah of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Remind the brothers to be uh, clear in the Arabic writing. Some some of the questions I can't read. هل يجوز للمسلم أن يصاحب من يتهم عثمان رضي الله تعالى عنه بالبدعة؟ لا يجوز ذلك لأن هذا هذا الجري الذي يتهم الصحابي الذي شهد له النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه من أهل الجنة والذي لما بدل ما بدل رضي الله عنه قال ما على عثمان بعد اليوم والذي في البيعة عثر رضوان قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم هذه عن عثمان هذا الذي يتجرأ يبدع عثمان يريد ان يحسن الظن به هذا لا يحسن به الظن ان كان جاهلا يفهم ان كان متعلما فيتهم في علمه Is it permissible to be friend an individual who says uh, that Uthman uh, innovated in the religion. Is it permissible to, to befriend someone who said Uthman innovated in the religion? The Sheikh said it's not permissible. It's not permissible. The individual who has the courage to accuse the companions of the Prophet or this companion of the Prophet وسلم, the one who the Prophet said about him, he is from the people of Jannah. And likewise when Uthman uh, did some righteous deeds the Prophet said uh, there is no the Prophet mentioned about Uthman there is no fault upon Uthman after today there is no fault upon Uthman after today and likewise during the oath of uh, Ridwan Uthman wasn't present so the Prophet gave the oath on his behalf so all of this for Uthman so the individual who says that Uthman has invented something but this individual still wants to be held uh, in the lights you know in good lights with the people then he is not held that way if the individual is ignorant then he should be taught and if the individual claims to have knowledge then he his his knowledge is doubted يقول السائل يقول السائل أي فرقة خرجت أولا الشيعة أو الخوارج؟ أول فرقة خرجت عن ما عليه الصحابة الخوارج بدأوا 
عندما صار التحكيم بين علي ومعاويه رضي الله عنهما صار التحكيم قالوا كيف تحكم الرجال فخرجوا على على علي وعلى معاويه والنبي ذكر عن هؤلاء انهم يمرقون من الدين كما يمرق السهم من الرميه يعني من الصيد الذي يوجه له السهم يضرب ويخرج منه كانه ما اصاب قال النبي تحقرون يحقر احدكم صلاته عند صلاتهم وصيامه عند صيامه لكن علي رضي الله عنه لما قيل لهم اكفار لهم قال لا من الكفر فر اخواننا بغوا علينا الخوارج مبداهم يشددون في الكذب لا يخضون ويرون ان اللي يتعمد الكذب مخلد في النار بينما الرافضه جريئون على الكذب وللاسف ان الخوارج خرجوا من من كانوا مع علي والتشيع خرج ايضا من كان مع علي رضي الله عنه وارضاه The individual is asking uh, which group appeared first, the Shia or the Khawarij. Sheikh mentioned Abi the first group which uh, opposed the way of the companions were the Khawarij. When Ali uh, and Muawiyah had a dispute and they came together to rectify, uh, they opposed both of them. The Khawarij, they went against the both of them. They went against Ali and they went against Muawiyah. The Prophet mentioned about the Khawarij, they would leave the religion like the leaving or like the, the piercing of the arrow uh, towards the, the animal. I mean, the arrow went into the animal and came out of the animal. As, as quick as the arrow left uh, the game, the, the, the Khawarij would leave the, the religion. And then the Prophet also mentioned about the, the, the worship of the Khawarij, you would, uh, you would Uh, belittle your deeds compared to their deeds, meaning the Khawarij were very diligent in their, their acts of worship. Um, but when Ali ibn Abi Talib who was questioned about the Khawarij, are they disbelievers? He said, no, they are not disbelievers. They have ran from disbelief. They are our brothers uh, who have uh, oppressed us or who have uh, fought us. And the Sheikh mentioned with regards to the Khawarij, they're very careful and very diligent in Uh, when it, in, you know, uh, abstaining from, from lying. So much so that if a person lies, the Khawarij holds that individual to be in the hellfire forever. As for the Rawat, for example, the Shia, they are very uh, diligent in, in lying. So, the, and the Sheikh also mentioned, as a side note, the Khawarij, they are a group that used to be from the followers of Ali. And likewise, the Shia, Our group that used to be from the followers and the supporters of Ali ibn Abi Talib.
يقول السائل يا شيخ يقول السائل يا شيخ حبيبك الله اختي ارتدت عن الاسلام قبل سنوات عديده وقد نصحتها بان ترجع الى الاسلام ولكن بعد المناصحه غضبت علي وقالت دعني وحدي فكيف اتعامل معها وكيف تكون العلاقه واهل يعني علاقتي واهل وعلاقه اهلي معها واطفالها لا شك ان الذي يرتد عن الاسلام اذا كان في دوله تقيم شعائر الاسلام وتعاقب عقوبات الاسلام فقد قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من بدل دينه فاقتلوه لكن لا يقتلها احد يقول انا اقتلها لانها خريبه او شيء من هذا والنبي يقول ايضا لا يحل دم امرئ مسلم الا باحدى ثلاث الثيب الزاني والنفس بالنفس والتارك لدينه نصيحتي لمثل سؤال السائل ان يواصل دعوه غريبه الذي ترك الاسلام لعل الله يعطيه ويسلم وفيما يتعلق بالمقاطعه يهجر ويقاطع ما دام على هذا المنهج ثم لو مات المرتد ما يورث ما يرثه قريبه او لو مات قريبه ما يرثه ذلك المرتد لان لا توارث في امر الدنيا بين مسلم وكافر The individual is saying, mentioned that my sister has left Islam uh, years ago and I advised her to return to Islam. But after my advice, she became upset and she said, leave me alone. Uh, how do I deal with her and uh, the relationship between her and my family and our children? Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. There's no doubt that if an individual apostates from Islam and this individual lives in a country that implements the Islamic legislation, then it is upon that individual, the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, whoever changes their religion, then kill them. But it is not for anyone, the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, but it is not for anyone to go and say, she is my relative, so I'm going to kill her. That is not the, the duty of any individual. Likewise, the Prophet ﷺ said that the blood of a Muslim is sacred, except if a person commits adultery, Or, uh, no. if the individual commits adultery or an individual leaves uh, the religion, so that which is upon that individual, if they live in an Islamic state that implements the legislation, is death. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, but my advice is that you continue to call this individual, your relative, to Islam. It is possible that Allah Azawajal will guide this individual. As for cutting off the, the, the general relations, this, you would do so uh, until this person, as long, or as long as this person is upon disbelief, you would cut off uh, the general relations. Uh, and the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, likewise uh, from the rulings, is that this individual would not inherit from you, nor would you inherit from this individual, because there is no inheritance between a Muslim and a disbeliever. Thank you. Yeah.
أولا نحمد الله جل وعلا على ما من به من تجدد اللقاء قد مضى قرابة ستة شهور أظن على افتراقنا فنسأل الله جل وعلا أن يوفقنا جميعا لما يحبه سبحانه وتعالى ويرضاه وأن يصلح حالنا وحال بلادنا وحال المسلمين في كل مكان وأن يعاجل بالفرج المظلومين من المسلمين في كل مكان وأن يكشف عن البلاد الإسلامية المحن والفتن والبلاء والحروب وأن يعاجل أهل الشام بالتخلص من الحكومة النصيرية كما نسأل جل وعلا أن يعوض العراق بحكومة سنية وأن يكفينا شر الرافضة ولا يدفع الله عنا الشرور إلا إذا أخلصنا له في العمل بصدق إن الله جل وعلا يدافع عن الذين آمنوا لكن إذا كثر الشر وانتشر البلاء تنزل العقوبة كما أسأله سبحانه وتعالى بأسمائه وصفاته أن يوفق البلاد الإسلامية في كل مكان لتحكيم الكتاب والسنة ونشر العقيدة الصحيحة الصافية السليمة وأن يهيأ لهم من أمرهم فرجا إنه سبحانه مجيب الدعاء وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على نبينا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا. الشيخ حبيب الله تعالى concluded the lesson by praising Allah upon that which Allah has allowed us uh, in coming together after we have been separated for about six months. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to correct our affairs and the affairs of the Muslims in all parts of the world. We ask Allah to give uh, quick ease to the Muslims who are being trialed and tested around the world, uh, the people of the Sunnah. Uh, we ask Allah to give them ease. We ask Allah Azza wa to return the rulers of Iraq uh, back to the way of the, the people of the Sunnah and to protect us from the evil of the Rawafid. For verily Allah Azza would not remove this calamity that has befallen us except that we are sincere in our intention. For verily Allah Azza He defends the people who believe. But if the people are upon evil, then indeed the calamities uh, would befall the people. So we ask Allah to give the people of Islam uh, and the people, uh, the Muslims of all parts of the world, we ask Allah to give them the tawfiq to implement tawheed and the sunnah and the correct aqidah, the correct aqidah which is pure and verily uh, Allah is the one to answer the supplication and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his companions and our last supplication is all praise be to Allah the Lord of the Lords.